0: Forgiven, Freed, and Restored, Joshua 8. In the final chapter of his book, Civilization and Its Discontents, Sigmund Freud identifies guilt as the most important problem in the development of civilization. While not quoted as an endorsement of Freud's work, Freud's recognition of both the detriment and enormity of guilt speaks to its power. One might say that even a broken clock is right twice a day. And while not reaching the immensity of sin, guilt carries its own burden which can be detrimental to our Christian walk. Sin separates us from God, His resources and His blessings, as we saw in Joshua 7, and should be dealt with quickly and completely. However, when Satan cannot keep us trapped in sin, he will seek the next best thing, which is to keep us sulking in our guilt. It is why Paul so gloriously declares in Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And once freed, we are to live in the fullness of God's light, life, and love. That is what we see in the children of Israel in Joshua 8. Having dealt thoroughly with the sin in their camp and repented, we are told in Joshua 7.26, then the Lord turned from his burning anger. God tells us in Isaiah 43.25 that once he has forgiven us, he remembers our sins no more. God is not only quick to forgive, he is quick to restore. And in chapter 8, we see God restore the children of Israel as well as his blessings upon them. Chapter 8 begins with God's reassurance to Joshua that though he allowed them to be defeated because of their sin, having been forgiven, they had nothing more to fear. Having been reconciled to God, they again would receive the fullness of his blessings and his promises. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise go up to Ai see I have given into your hand the king of Ai and the people his city and his land God not only provides his promise but gives to Joshua and the Israelites the spoils of the land and as if his mercy grace and blessings were not sufficient God even provides Joshua with a plan instructing Joshua to set an ambush against the city The goodness of God towards his people His flawed, sinful people knows no boundaries. And so Paul says there is no need to wallow in our guilt, for the Spirit of God may convict, but he never condemns. We must be conscious of our sins. We must strive against them, or as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 9.27, we must discipline our bodies and keep it under control. For God's grace is not an excuse to sin. But we must not allow the devil to use guilt as an instrument to keep us from God and his provisions. Rather, like the children of Israel, we must be quick to repent and then be prepared to quickly find ourselves fully reconciled to God, forgiven, freed, and restored. And in that position, we can expect the fullness of his provision and blessings. And when we find ourselves reconciled to God, back in his favor, and experiencing the victory that comes from only from following his plans— our reaction will be like Joshua and the children of Israel. We are told that Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. And before that altar, they immersed themselves in the commandments of God, reading all the words of the law, the blessings and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. Why? Because the children of Israel had just experienced what God had promised to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8. The book of the law shall not but part from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And success born of God's word and of his blessings always leads to his glory and a great worship in his people. And thankful, grateful hearts will always overwhelm a guilty conscience.